Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 82. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the Dreamfoil Harvester, Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Yeah, that's that's what I would be doing right now. It's actually what I'm doing right now, but I'm sick too. I thought you were going to go the the lost voice, Thomas Smiley, but everybody, hopefully you, got, you all can hear me, because Friday I couldn't talk. It was brutal. Trying to teach... 150 high school kids without being able to yell at them. Ah, it's brutal. Yeah, so what's going on, bro? You picked a bad batch of Dreamfoil or what? Ah, so everybody in my house is sick. I think there's just like a cold going around the school. I hope it's not uh, Kung Flu or (laughs) Sweet sweet and Sour Sicken. Oh, no. coming Coming out of our man James Hughes country, but... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a tragedy, for sure. But uh, yeah, hopefully we won't have to build any hospitals for you, dude. How can they build a hospital in six days? The labor the labor force over there, like just imagine how many people they have. They built like whole cities that people don't live in, right? Well, it doesn't matter about how many people. I mean, it does matter that you have people, but I'm saying like. It's not like every person's working on it or something. I think it's just the nature of a command economy, right? Like when you actually need to do shit, you can get it done pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about it. I actually didn't know that they built a special hospital for it, let alone that they built it in six days. Yeah, bro. They're going to have four hospitals by like the end of next week. That's crazy. Yeah. I just like, I can't get over the fact that the, the logo for the company that's like at ground zero is the umbrella corporation logo only blue oh really yeah Ooh. that that might be like some snope stuff that i'm just digging off of the internet that's completely false but <laughs> i saw it and it influenced me so good job russians so i'm guessing you didn't do a whole lot this weekend if you were sick uh i stayed home i was in bed I, yeah, I basically did nothing. I vacuumed and I cleaned and I got some grading done, but that, that was it for me. So where were you when the helicopter crashed? Oh, so I was, I was, I think I was just getting home from school or no, it was, this was yesterday. I, I was eating lunch and I checked Facebook and I saw the news and uh, like originally everybody knows TMZ reported it. So I was like, no, is this. Is this real? And then 10, 15 minutes later, it started popping up everywhere. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I was never really the biggest fan of Kobe, the basketball player. Oh. But it's that's just awful. Bro. I was at the gym, and I was sure it was fake news when I saw it, but it, obviously it wasn't. But uh, Kobe, I would say that... Probably of all the basketball players, I guess maybe Jared Dudley because I have like a personal connection to him. But uh, like out of all the the famous basketball players that I I've never met, I would say Kobe's absolutely my number one. Uh, I think it was just because I was such a huge Shaq fan oh, yeah. in the late the late nineties that and early two thousands that 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 sort of soured me on Kobe. But Kobe was uh, amazing, bro. He was just like pure competitive draw, like. He's on that Jordan level in my mind, like of pure, no nonsense, no bullshit, just, just this, intensity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's something that a lot of modern players are lacking. Like I dump on LeBron a lot. I, if LeBron had that, bro, 
imagine just that attitude. That's exactly how, what how I was amazing thinking. Would he yeah. have been? I would take yeah. I would take one Kobe over ten LeBrons all day. I mean, not in terms of building a team, obviously, but in terms of the <laughs> yeah. impact on my life, absolutely. Like uh, I don't know, just he's a special athlete. It really sucks. I can't believe he's only forty-one, bro. Did that? Yeah, it's did that I, scare you? One, I thought I thought he was younger than me. So, uh, we we've been meaning to talk about Hackers tournament for a couple of weeks now. Can you can you read that off now? Can you dig that up? I just don't want to miss it. Yes, January twenty fifth at Player Draw in Avondale, Arizona, at Avondale, Avondale. One of these is correct. <laughs> They're having the Arizona Magic Series Legacy City Champs. And uh, there's an event page that we will put in the show notes, but it's being streamed at twitch.tv slash Arizona Magic. That should be an awesome event. So if you are in that area, Arizona, I'm not exactly sure if it's Northern Arizona, Southern Arizona, (laughs) wherever in Arizona, but... That event's happening on January 25th. So if you have a time machine, you could uh, hit it up. Oh, motherfucker, that was Saturday. <laughs> oh, we fucked up. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, Hackbert, we're sorry. We're sorry, bro. We, we put it off for one more. Fuck. Oh. F. Yep. Well, so I was listening to people's stories about New Jersey this weekend, the Grand Prix. I kind of wish I went. I wasn't really... I never really considered it or it hadn't clicked in my mind because i'm just like so off the idea of going to gps right now but new limited set grand prix i kind of wish i went i saw my boy tommy kersler my old teammate from uh the ixalan limited grand prix in portland Mm -hmm. he won the the limited ptq it was like 450 players yeah i saw channel fireball tweet that out yeah it's pretty i played him a few times he's great yeah so congratulations to him tommy's a very good player so, yeah, that was awesome for him. And our boys from Maine went down there, and I was just kind of jealous looking at their pools. Like, I kind of wish I was there with my uh, my new teammates. And, uh, yeah. Now, who are your new team- teammates? Because you're old. You were on a team with Topher and Adam. Yeah, so I'm saying. Those are my new teammates. And I, I'm calling them my new teammates, but honestly, I don't know if I'll play another event with them because I'm moving shortly, so... We, uh, I also, over the weekend, got admonished by them in a text message, or just trolled, I guess, by Topher, saying that we never talk about the metagame or decks or challenges, probably because he just started listening to our podcast two weeks ago, but he, uh, he had a lot, of, a lot of stern words for me with regard to how much I've been playing Moto these days, and yeah, I think that uh, we're going to get right back on track with a deep dive this week. That's outstanding that you have such an amazing guest lined up for later <laughs> because I I took a look at the show notes and I absolutely know that if I try to make it through this entire episode, I won't be able to talk tomorrow too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So originally when you said that, obviously we need to bring the pinch hitter because at first I was like, okay, I'm going to do the, what we in this industry call the Pat Uglow and just go this alone you know, carrying your shield or carrying your cast iron skillet, as it were, and just brave this path. But really, nobody wants, nobody's there for that. Nobody wants to see that happen. And I don't want to do that, honestly. So if we can't do it with you, I thought that our boy Zach Turgeon 
with his all-encompassing knowledge of the metagame and legacy in general and just general podcasting skills i thought would be a good replacement oh he's gonna be way better than me this is an upgrade all the (laughs) listeners all the listeners are like why do we even need tom (laughs) he forgot about hackbert's tournament he can't talk he doesn't have any idea what he's talking about he doesn't even play legacy Zach Turgeon is a 100% upgrade. We'll see, bro. That's a lot of weight on his shoulders. <laughs> but, bro, we got the LAL 6 coming up this weekend. And, you know, there's a quote in the movie Fight Club. I can't think of the exact quote, but it's something like, Fight Club became the reason to cut your hair short and trim your fingernails. You know that that quote? Yeah, that, that whole thing that it was the the lifting out of the depression for a whole bunch of people yeah that's that's how i feel man like i was sleeping on my cards last night like looking at my legacy cards sleeping them up and that quote just popped in my head like you know the big events are the the reason that we do this right like the the whole reason there's any of this like that excitement about seeing your friends and competing right that's absolutely true are you are you planning on bringing a legacy on chain deck as well no or, no, you're not. Okay. Right. I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, man. Mana, mana Vault and Soul Rings and Paradoxical Outcomes with Mana Crypts. See, I memory would... Memory Jars and Tinkers. I would play with somebody's deck if they handed it to me, but yep. I feel like actually making a deck is like setting yourself up for failure because all the time that oh, I spent making that yeah. deck this week would directly come out of the time that I could be preparing for Legacy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I guess, like, worst case scenario, you can just, like, spend $60 on proxies to enter the tournament because you were lazy. Right. I think that's, like, that's actually a reasonable take. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then it's also, like, the, the concept of, like, if you're trying to find a wife, you you don't have a bed with one pillow. You put another pillow there, right? Two pillows. It's, like, a subliminal <laughs> message that you're, you're not going to be alone in your bed forever, right? It's the same sort of thing with making this deck. How many pillows do you actually use, though? Six. Okay, because I, yeah, I'm saying that I need, like, three for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) we're two. I would not have room for another person just with two pillows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's just say double the pillows. Okay, I like like that better. So, yeah, I don't want to keep you on here longer than you have to be, obviously, but I think that the listeners want to know what we think of the metagame right now and which decks we're likely to play for this event. So okay. I think we get through that segment and then you're pretty much off the hook. So I want to admit that I was absolutely completely wrong out of, you're going to talk about it later, out of the card, out of Theros, that has seen the most impact so far. So Wait, I, Underworld Breach? Yeah. Oh, man. I want to play, I want to play something with Leyline. I don't I think you be- were that wrong about it. I mean, I I think I think I took the under on two playsets or like whatever I took the under. Yeah, you took the under, but you thought about it. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't like snap dismiss it. Right. I thought I didn't think that it was going to be as quickly adopted and powerful as it has been just in this first week. So like I, yeah, that that was definitely wrong. So I think that. Going into this event, even though Legacy is like kind of slow to shift, I one I was thinking about just like playing that deck, like nice. just showing up for the first time and, and just seeing how it is. 
Um, but if if I don't, I, I want to play something that has access to like very good graveyard hate. Right. Because uh, man, that that deck from what I've seen of it on streams is kind of insane. Yeah, it's funny. Remember we were just talking like two weeks ago about how I had played that Rip Helm deck like when Ren was still at, at the peak of Ren, right before the ban. Yep. I was playing Rip Helm because everybody was leaning pretty heavily on their graveyard. Like 10 to 20 cards in their deck had something to do with the graveyard. Yep. So for a long time after Ren got banned, it felt like, why would you possibly play that deck? And now we've come back around again where I'm like, man, I kind of want to play Rip Helm, you know? But is is rest in peace quick enough to be able to like to to do its job? No, but that's a deck where you could play rest in peace and sideboard four helms and or ley lines and not feel bad about yourself. Oh yeah, I forgot that that deck could play ley line on the sideboard too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I I was honestly trying to lean on something similar to what maybe not rug colors, but something similar to what Jesse Inman was doing. With his PTQ winning Delver deck with yeah. playing line in the sideboard. Yeah. So, like, if I was going to lean on something right now, it would probably be Delver with sideboard, um, sideboard Leyline. Because I think I think having access to the soft counters in Delver is still good. And I think that Leyline is going to be very good for this tournament, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually got my Warpaint on today and took a, an honest-to-God look at things and tried to pick a deck, like, actually pick it back for once and mm-hmm. I, I think i came to probably the same sort of conclusions as you because there were a lot of decks that i saw in the challenges and deck dumps lately that i i'd seen that looked cool like kind of wanted to play that strifo deck he was playing uro and the ox and like a bunch try a bunch of new cards that's always fun right like just yeah, i'm definitely cards. i'm definitely not doing that right no well <laughs> now like taking an honest look at the meta, I feel like I either have to play a deck like Rip Helm that I was just talking about, where you are really trying to to get a jump on the meta game, mm-hmm. or play a Delver deck. If I'm going to play a fair deck, I kind of feel like I have to play a Delver deck, like a, a fair mid range, not control deck. Yep. No, I'm I'm in the same boat, and I think it's always just like a reliable crutch to to fall back on, where like the the worst Delver games. They're, they can't end up being really that bad. Right, exactly. But I think the Chalice... Well, yeah. If everybody's talking about, like, a new a new combo deck that really revolves around, uh, like, one drops and zero drops, then Chalice might might have its time to come back. Something like a, like a loam build. Well, that, but, so I messaged you uh, over the weekend asking if you had Chalices... Yep. Could I potentially borrow them? Because I feel like that's the only other option for me to play a fair deck for this tournament. Yep. Uh, so the, I mean, those would be those would be by number one, number two, would would be Delver with Cyborg Leyline and Loam with Chalice, and maybe just playing like some sort of breach combo version, um, just playing that deck. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, man. I think we're we're definitely on the same page here. Because I feel like, uh, so there's this whole like problem with equity, right? Like I, I had traded for three Ren and sixes, so I felt like I had to play them at the last LAL I played. Yep. Then they got banned. Now I have <laughs> three Okos. I didn't pay like a ridiculous amount of money for or anything, but yeah, like I have these cards, and I feel like 
this is my only chance to play them potentially. So I kind of feel like I have to play them because I have them and like they're just, you know, falling like a rock in terms of the value. I kind of want to extract some value from them. Well, so, I mean, you you can do that. Yeah. But do you want to play Oko against a Lion's Eye Diamond combo deck? No. No, but against Chalice decks I do. Okay. So the the options in my mind right now are <laughs> uh, Aggro Loam with Oko or like a Bug Delver Oko or Rug Delver Oko deck. Okay. I can see that. So yeah, those would be, I'd say, between Rip Helm and Bug or Rug Delver would, would probably be my one, two, three of most likely to play for this weekend. Okay. And then, I th- uh, yeah, Aggro Loam fourth, I guess. But I'll, I'll let you use the Chalices first if you want them. Well, I I probably won't end up going back and building building that. Like we're talking right now about what we what we are gonna rank on our one, two, and three, but there's still like a very serious chance that you're super disappointed with me and I show up with Dex, death and taxes <laughs> on Saturday. I just like I want to let everybody be ready for it. Yeah. Um, because it, it definitely could happen depending on how the rest of my week goes. There's one other deck that's been doing really well lately. I don't think we've talked about is the, uh, it was, it used to be like the Barad deck, but now some other people are playing it. It's like the Esper Vile Hate Bear deck. Yeah. I, so I, I didn't inspect the list this week as closely as you did, but I remember the deck that he worked on with, uh, with Rich Shea. Yeah. And I've, I've seen some crazy screenshots I don't know if it's the same deck, but did you did you see Andrea Mangucci post a screenshot of him swinging in Legacy with a Palace Jailer equipped with Curious Obsession and another enchantment? No, so that's a different deck. That's a Bant like hexproof deck that I was very happy to talk about, but I, I don't want to put you through all that. Okay, but... wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we can talk about this invisible stalker you want to talk about it no no never mind i can't play this <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this though yeah bro i've been talking about invisible stalker forever but this was a surprise to me because there's this new enchantment in theros that's like uncommon it's a white and a blue it's called like shimmering insight or something like that yep and it gives lifelink and curious obsession and plus one plus one. And apparently that was good enough to bring Invisible Stalker out and someone five owed with it this week. Okay, I'm interested in tinkering with this. Me too, bro. And they have Noble in the deck, but not Daze. So it's hitting a strange spot. Because you're not gonna kill someone like Infect will on, on like turn three, you know, like potentially even turn two with Infect. You're not yep. gonna do that with this deck. So you're not a days deck, and the person's not playing days, and I kind of understand why, because the game's not going to be over on turn three or four, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still playing Hierarch, so I'm not really sure about that, like playing Hierarch in a non-days deck like that, because you're opening well, yourself up to Plague Engineers and stuff. Sure, but I, I don't think your Plague Engineers are going to hit humans, given the creature. Actually, maybe they are, because Invisible Stalker's a human, right? Right. Uh, I mean, maybe. I think the the mana ramp with Oko and Little Teferi is just probably better. 
Yeah. I don't know if you want Gilded Goose. I, I don't I don't think that the the sacrifice of opening yourself up to like more X one hate is worth losing your true name or stalker getting pumped when you're swinging. Right, exactly. I'm just not positive that this is a Hierarch deck. Like, I'm wondering what this could be if you took Hierarch out, right, and Uh just played it sort of more legit, like an Astrolabe blue-white control deck with this little A-B combo of drawing an extra card every turn and clocking. Yeah, I think if you're trying to play like like an Astrolabe, value plan with cards like that you're not quick enough and your value plan isn't consistent enough like it's too much it's too much spots and with a card like hierarchy really like you're playing this deck you really need to be able to get out to a mana advantage early and i i think that if you're planning on playing like invisible stalker uh, at two on your on your second turn and then pantsing it up on your third turn and like drawing a card and gaining two life that that's definitely not good enough you need to be doing some other things but that's what you're doing with hierarch too right oh okay i guess the turn the turn structure is the same yeah but you have the option of playing like a planeswalker or cantropic in the middle right, of high yeah. protection yeah it's just like having that extra mana makes it more explosive right yeah, I don't know, man. I have to play some games and see how it felt. But at first I was like, wait, Hierarch in no days? Like, And I was trying to get the feel, like just playing through some, some pretend games in my head, like get the feel for the speed of it. Yep. And and sort of how controlling you are at the phase where you just have a 2-2 swinging and draw an extra card every turn. Like, can you really hold a deck off for six turns or whatever at that point? Yeah, I think you're probably just dying. Yeah, so... I don't know, man. It's definitely interesting. And props to whoever 5 0 with that deck. But yeah, the Vile Hate Bears deck is like. Barad worked on it. And now somebody won the challenge like three weeks ago with it. And then I think there was a. It was, it's been in the 5 0s every week. And it's basically like. Four Meddling Mage, four Baleful Strix, four Recruiter of the Guard, two Soul Herders, and then like 10 one of creatures that are tutor yep. targets. So it's like an Aether Vile deck, but there's no Thalia. And the the one thing that really appeals to me about this deck is I feel like Lands is going to be resurgent. And Mm -hmm. Lands is always present at these tournaments, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of like fairly dedicated Lands players that just play Lands. But on top of that, I feel like Lands is good right now. And I think that playing like a Vile Hate Bears deck like this would be good against Lands being able to, to get all your sort of like tonics and, and meddling mages and stuff. Yep. And, you know, potentially being wasted out and not even caring with Vile. But, you know, I can't really, uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of scared to play it. Like, there's this whole problem with meddling mage right now that when I think about it, it's that there's a lot of redundancy right now. Like, let's say you're playing as a blue-white control deck in game one. Do you name Verdict or Terminus? Like, if you've seen... Ver- like, verdict now. Right, probably Verdict, but then you get blown out by Terminus and look like an idiot. Or there's, like... I mean, this wouldn't come up with playing this particular deck, but, like, Force of Negation versus Force of Will. Or, like, uh, there's... I feel like there's a million, like, uh, Toxic Deluge versus uh, Dead of Winter, right? If you're playing against Check Pile, like Snow Pile. There's a million okay. different situations now where like a or b are valid right 
And I feel like that that's way more than before when I played Battle of Mage. Yeah, that's true. Like the there's a bigger card pool, the choices are more diverse. But I, I still think that Meddling Mage is a very powerful card, especially against the combo decks we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So just like, yes, your mid-range decks are going to have more of a mix of cards that you want to name, but your combo decks are still fairly linear. Yeah, and then there's the problem of like Teferi and Oko. Like we're seeing a lot of two Teferi, two Oko lists. Like, yep. They're, they're, they're all over the place. And it's like, do you name Teferi or Oko? Because either one could deal with your meddling mage if that's the one that they have, right? Because it's not like you have probes, it's not like you have insight into this. So I feel like there's a lot of like guessing games right now with meddling versus before you you know which card you were worried about yep i think i think it's not really that's not the reason why i'm worried about playing a deck like this i'm, I'm worried about playing the deck for other reasons but the effectiveness of meddling mage is something that that i guess factors into the decision yeah all right well the only other thing that i want to want to tell you was ox of agonis in the top eight of the challenge this week so lock that one in. Yeah, Arcan. I, I have a feeling that you are going to be getting a bottle of Jameson. <laughs> Arcan with LED dredge. Three people got uh, cling to dust in there, but none of them were in the top eight. They were all around twentieth, I believe. So I'm still not sold on that card. Neither of us were, but uh, it was interesting. It showed up. Thassa's Oracle. We we chopped that because yep. it's all over the place now. But yeah. Uh, Ox and Breach, I got locked. So you definitely, you definitely have those two. So yeah, we'll uh, I'll let you go. Pick it back up with Zeki, and uh, hope you feel better, bro. Uh, Thank you. Stay away from the Coronas. <laughs> listeners, listeners have a blast with somebody who knows way more than me about magic. You sound like Carson Wentz on the morning of a playoff game, bro. Hey, am I about to let down a whole city? You just uh, you're looking for a way out.